time now to head to Canada to speak with John Rafferty, who is the chief executive of the Canadian National Institute of the Blind. Each month, we'll cross the Atlantic to find out what the big stories are there. And uh, John, you've got a few to uh, talk to us about today, but uh, have you been following the Olympics? I have indeed. One of those things as a British expat, even though I've been in Canada for decades, I think that my only kind of Canada-England disappointment or GB disappointment was in the women's rugby because I wasn't (laughs) sure uh, who I was pulling for, but it's been very exciting. Indeed it has. We'll be chatting about Paralympics shortly, but um, let's talk first of all about an event which is coming up in Orlando with the World Blind Union. CNIB are involved in that. Yes, uh, the World Blind Union has its quadrennium. It's meeting every four years with delegates from around the world. It's being hosted in the North American region, and uh, CNIB is a, a big part of the region, and we're very happy to be uh, one of the uh, the hosts. The NFB in the States has done amazing work in organizing and putting the meeting together. And I know a lot of people and probably people, the listeners, maybe sometimes find it difficult to understand what is the relevance of the World Blind Union to me in my daily life in small town Canada or small town Scotland or England. And, you know, I think that the World Blind Union does amazing things looking at issues that can only be solved globally. And I know we've spoken a lot about Marrakesh and we'll chat a bit about it today as well. But, you know, whether it's electric cars and regulations, access to information, the things that are global issues, they play that great role. And it's always interesting once every four years to see the delegates from 200 countries from around the world that share the same core issues, but uh, often within a different environmental framework. And the, the key there, John, is those core issues which are shared globally. So providing a bit of power and, and a bigger voice to issues that, that blind and partially sighted people have on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. And there are some things that we, we all benefit from. I, you know, we benefit from not in individual countries repeating research on things like audible signals and tactile indicators and being able to make sure that we have good standards on Braille so we're not creating you know, nuances and changes to the core code. And it's a great opportunity for those people who supply to and serve the blind and partially sighted community around the world to be able to come and talk about latest technologies and devices, some of them high-tech, some of them low-tech. Not a talking shop at all then, John. This, this is really, although it's every four years, uh, the World Blind Union works constantly and they really do make a difference. Yeah, they do. And it is important to recognise that I know that it's easy for us. We see the impact of something that we do locally in our local environment quite immediately. We see the impact of what the World Blind Union does globally periodically. So therefore, it's sometimes difficult to remember that that work needs to be done, that that is the long game. You know, working on something that's going to improve the transportation in a local community is incredibly important and very impactful in that community. But we also need to be working on a global level too. And talking of global issues, John, we've discussed the Marrakesh Treaty for several years now. The idea behind this, making literature available in accessible formats across the globe, really you know, breaking through that copyright barrier and indeed bringing a lot of benefit to visually impaired people, especially those in developing countries where the cost of reproducing things in Braille, etc., can can be very prohibitive. There's been a great movement on that and the CNI being recognised on video for it. Yeah, the WIPO is producing a documentary on, you know, the ratifying of the Marrakesh Treaty. Canada was the 20th uh, country to ratify, which puts the treaty into effect. 
and we played a role, as did people around the world throughout the process. So we're both pleased and a little bit humble about the spotlight being shone on us because I think that it's a, a huge host of people from around the world that allowed this to come into effect. We happen to be there to help push it across the finish line and sometimes it's not all the great work that happens, the person that scores a try that tends to get the spotlight, but I think the team around the world know, the team of blindness organizations and, and groups know what an amazing effort it was by everyone, led by the previous chair of the World Blind Union, Mary Ann Diamond, who really uh, got the ball rolling. And uh, we're, we're pleased to have been a part of it. This documentary is going to be shown on TV5 in Europe and around all of the countries in Europe and be available for distribution elsewhere. In essence, it sounds quite simple. And you're just allowing all types of literature to be available oh. in an accessible format. You know, it sounds pretty straightforward, but when you consider things like copyrights and the different formats oh. and so on, it really was complex. It is. I mean, it's difficult to get any people from different jurisdictions, different countries to agree on something. But the multitude of stakeholders that were involved from the copyright holders to publishing groups to all of the different domestic legislations to global legislations, I think it was a phenomenal effort. And I think what it does is it speaks to the really critical need to make materials available. There's a, a huge disadvantage if content isn't made available to a segment of the population. And I think it's great that that's been recognized through this treaty. And uh, we're all looking forward now around the world to how do we now implement? Uh, you know, I'm not going to say that that was the easy work getting it ratified, but now that it's done, the work of making it a powerful treaty that really people uh, benefit from wherever they are in the world has just begun. Will you be appearing in the video, John? No. <laughs> That was a definite yeah, no. I know, I know my time and place. <laughs> I'm not in the video. Right, let's uh, finish off then. The, the Olympics, of course, uh, huge around the world. The, the medals are coming in for all the athletes. There's been records broken left, right and centre. But following that, we have the Paralympics and hoping to build on London 2012 for another excellent Games Canada. Hugely involved in that. Yeah, we've got a phenomenal Paralympic team. We've got a newly appointed uh, Minister of Sport and Disability and former Paralympian herself. You know, we're really proud with staff and one of our board members that are competing. Victoria Nolan is rowing in her third Paralympic Games. She's a former world record holder in, in rowing. One of our own staff, Christine Robbins, is in the uh, triathlon. And we're also really proud domestically to uh, CNIB is to be uh, sponsoring and paying for a training camp for our goalball team before they head down so that both teams will be able to spend a week that we're sponsoring in Toronto prior to going down to the games themselves to uh, hopefully provide them with that extra little bit of team effort that will allow them to find a podium spot. And bring home the medals. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I was having a discussion with someone this morning about it. I think that we've become around the world obsessed with medal counts. And I think that I'm a very competitive person for anyone who knows me. And, and I think that that's fantastic. But it's about performing at people's best and performing with pride of your country and wearing your flag in that global setting. And uh, I think that there are some countries that aren't legitimate medal competitors in some sports and vice versa. But I think it's phenomenal to see everyone together and it lifts sport and it lifts participation around the world. You'd be looking forward to the coverage. I mean, London 2012, I think, really put the Paralympics 
on another level. So many people got to see it. And I think from our point of view here in the UK, the, the talk in the media, the talk on the street, everybody was so into the games, the stadiums were full, people were loving it. And I do worry that maybe it will not live up to London in that sense for the Paralympics. I know that there's been reports of some challenges already, but I think that the, the venues will be amazing and the competition will be great. And hopefully Rio will pull it out and carry on the momentum that was built in London. John, pleasure speaking with you. Just finally, once again, if people would like to learn more about the CNIB, some of the topics we've been talking about or your services, how did they get in touch? Facebook and Twitter are always great. Uh, we love people to follow us on Twitter. We've got some amazing blogs on our website, which is cnib.ca. And those are the best ways to find us. We do have phones and offices as well for people domestically that want to call us or stop in. But most of your audience, I think Twitter, Facebook and our website would be best. John, uh, we'll catch up with you again next month. In the meantime, thank you for being with us on RNIB Connect Radio. Thank you very much, Alan.